from Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. Voices of resistance from the nation's capital, I'm Esther Ivarum. With more than 50 Palestinians, including 11 children killed by Israeli soldiers this year, and violent attacks on communities by Jewish settlers rubber-stamped by the Netanyahu far-right government, activists say that it is urgent to organize the type of international boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement that was mounted against the apartheid government of South Africa. This is the real face of occupation. This is the real face of apartheid. This is the real face of Israel. It's never been democracy. It's never been equality. It's never been, you know, a, a state for everybody. For the hour and for this episode of The F Word, we hear from world-renowned Palestinian activist Isa Amro, awarded by the United Nations for his nonviolent resistance to the Israeli government, which he says now is an openly fascist regime. He spoke recently at Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ in Northeast D.C. and was introduced by the Israeli-American author and activist Miko Pellet. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to find a place to start when we're talking about Palestine. And when we're talking about a person like Isa, you know, we, were, we managed to pluck him out for a few moments from the, from the chaos and from the violence and from the constant persecution and the constant attempts on his life so that he can share his experience with us. And so we're very fortunate to have that, to, you know, to have this moment right here and again to have it in this, in this wonderful space. I've known Isa for, uh, I don't know how many years, many years. And I've been going to Hebron for many, many years. And uh, seeing his work and participating in his work and participating in, in, in some of the actions that he's put together. So things have been very harsh in Palestine altogether. You know, we always say that Hebron is like a microcosm of the apartheid. It, it's, it's like the perfect, uh, if you had to take apartheid and put it in a lab and create the perfect apartheid, Example: Hebron would be it. The old city of Hebron would be it. And Isa is uh, fighting in the fight in that space with his two bare hands holding on as hard as he can to prevent settlers from taking over more and more and more of that, of that beautiful little you know, space called the old city of Hebron. And in the last few weeks since Israel had elections and they elected the most radically brutish, violent, racist people into government, the level of violence has increased. Used to be the activists, the, the settlers on the ground, now they were elevated. And they've got, they've got soldiers on the ground. They've got soldiers on the ground and they are going wild. They're excited, they're celebrating, they're happy. Their people are now in power. And I was thinking about this as I was coming here. You know, here in the United States, I mean, you know, black Americans certainly know what it is to be, to be hunted down, to be persecuted, to be worried about the authorities. I mean, we see this every day. We thought George Floyd was some kind of a watershed moment. You know, very little has changed since George Floyd as we've seen. And the experience of Palestinians has been horrible in the last, you know, 75 years, but it's, we, we have not seen anything yet, because what's coming up is going to be so much worse with this new government in place. And again, the, the people that are on the ground, 
Israel created these two levels of, of reality. One in which you've got somebody like Netanyahu who speaks English well and you know, likes to present himself as a, as a historian and has created this whole mythological story about the history of Israel and the Palestinians where it's, a, it's complete fiction and where he claims that Israel had, did nothing wrong and the, Israel has nothing to do with having kicked out Palestinians, it's not true, and the refugees are not the, the fault of Israel and there's no occupation and that sort of thing. And then on the ground, these, there are people on the ground, not only in Hebron, but throughout the entire country. These settlers are marching through Palestinian neighborhoods and chanting not only death to Arabs, which we've seen before, but another Nakba, which means we're going to repeat what was done to you in 48 and we're going to finish the job this time. Now it's horrible and it was always horrible, but now they've got the power, they've got the budget, and they have control of the entire law enforcement system because Itamar Ben-Gvir is the guy who's got the authority. He is the minister in charge of all law enforcement and all of the agencies that deal with Palestinians. So it's really, really important that we act. It's really, really important that we listen to what Isa has to say, and it's really, really important that we go home today and start doing something. It's really important that we start acting. You know, the urgency of now, that wonderful phrase by MLK, you know, <laughs> we, we, this is it. And I always, I've been saying this for a while. If two years ago somebody suggested that Israel would assassinate somebody like Shirin Abu Akleh, the journalist, nobody would believe it. It would sound like a, you know, a completely unreasonable idea, a reasonable notion, and here we are. And she was killed, and nothing happened. Nobody, no, no, you know, it was done. And so we're at a place now where the life of every Palestinian is in danger. And I think what we're called upon doing, and I'll end with this, and, and I've been saying this like a mantra, is demand guarantees for the safety and security of Palestinians. We have to demand, in fact, I think we have to demand from the U.S. government who's giving Israel all this money and empowering Israel to do all this to provide guarantees for the safety and security of Palestinians. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I'll say that Isa Amro, before he comes up here, because he's not going to say it, but I will say it, he runs one of the most important, one of the most effective, one of the best organized grassroots uh, civil disobedience organizations in Palestine and he's been leading it for a long time. He created it and he's led it and uh, I'm really proud to call him a friend. So Isa, please come on up. Uh, hi, I'm very happy to be uh, with you today and I'm uh, thankful to Miko for organizing and for helping and for supporting. I'm from Hebron. Uh, Hebron is the fourth holy city for Muslims in the world. The pilgrims used to go to Mecca, Medina, Jerusalem, Al-Quds, and then to Hebron. That's how was the route. So if you come to Hebron, you will see where the pilgrims used to go, how the, you know, the bulls, the Ibrahim Mosque, and all the architecture in that, in that area. 
I want to start from what happened with me just today. I was in the BBC talking about uh, the, what is happening in Palestine. So I described that the new Israeli government is a fascist government and Bingvir, Smotrich and Netanyahu are working to displace more Palestinians destroy more Palestinian communities, dismantling the Palestinian Authority, deporting Palestinian uh, lawmakers from 1948 to Syria and to Egypt. I'm talking what, what is announced in the media. So they want to displace Khan al-Ahmar in the Jordan Valley, South Mount Hebron, Masafir Yatta, you know, around 10 communities to be displaced, deported. And they are working on a de facto annexation of West Bank. That was the previous government. This government is openly talking about annexing all over West Bank to Israel without any rights to the Palestinians. Openly. They are saying it, Palestinians will be second-class citizens, Palestinians will be our slaves. So I said to the BBC, it's not about how many Israelis and Palestinians are killed, it's about the system, which is killing both. And Israel is responsible about killing Palestinians and Israelis. Because they were uh, surprised how a 13 years old Palestinian kid uh, did what he did in Jerusalem yesterday, did something, injured a few Israelis. But they don't talk about the Israeli settler kids who attacked me in the last three months more than 20, 30 times. Who are 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, videotaped, without any accountability. So I, I described fascist, I saw what is happening, I described that it's the system, it's occupation, it's about Palestinians' rights, Palestinians don't occupy Tel Aviv, Israel occupies Hebron, West Bank, East Jerusalem. Guess what was the complaint from the presenter? And for sure, I was saying, we should use, uh, as Palestinians, we should use non-violence resistance, as the only method to end the Israeli occupation. This is what I believe in. I call people to do. Guess what was her, you know, uh, her comment or her concerns? Terrorism. No. She said, Isa, you are calling for non-violence, but the language you use is not acceptable. You can't say fascist government. Exactly. I was surprised. She surprised me when she said, I can't use fascist. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis were protesting in Tel Aviv, describing Bingvir, Smotrich, Netanyahu government as a fascist government, and BBC is concerning from me, a Palestinian victim of the Israeli occupation, calling them fascists. That's what is going on. Okay, so I go back to my speech now, but I wanted to sh share with you because it was you know, here in my heart and I feel that we are a family uh, and I wanted to share that with you. That is one of the challenges. The good part, I was there on BBC 
talking, explaining my narrative, and, you know, telling them what Palestinians should tell them. Because we don't exist as Palestinians. And this is one of the things I ask people all over the world to do for the Palestinians. We, Palestinians, we are under Israeli military law, which means non-violence resistance is not allowed. Non-violence resistance is illegal. You know that? You know that non-violence resistance is illegal? You know this kind of a meeting is illegal in Israel, in Palestine, for the Palestinians? Any meeting with more than 10 is illegal. Any peaceful protest, peaceful protest is illegal. Campaigning is illegal against the Israeli occupation. Free speech is not allowed under the Israeli occupation. I was arrested, ill-treated, beaten, indicted, convicted in the Israeli military court for my non-violence resistance. And many other Palestinians were convicted, indicted, beaten for their non-violence resistance. So, non-violence resistance is not allowed in the military system. In the military system, you are guilty until you are proving innocent. I was arrested last November for filming an Israeli soldier hitting, hitting, punishing an Israeli visitor in Hebron. I went to the military court as guilty. I had to prove the opposite of what they were saying. That is the military system. So it's not, it's like that. We, the Palestinians, you know, legally, is like, like this. And they are here under the civilian law. So when we say apartheid, give me another explanation, another definition, What's, what, what it is. If you have two sets of law in the same area for different people, how come Americans doesn't describe it as they used to describe it in the 50s? They should understand us, especially the black people here. We are not equal with our settlers' neighbors. They live close to us and two sets of law. I was attacked, me, Isa, many times physically by settlers and I was arrested after I was attacked. Arrested after I was attacked. Why? Because I'm under the military law and they are under the civilian law. So we are like this now. We need to bring Palestinians up. How to bring Palestinians up? One of the things is to post Palestinian voices. To hear more the Palestinians. To engage more the Palestinians. To integrate more the Palestinians in everything. And this is what is the good part with BBC. About the situation in Palestine and, uh, and Israel these days, it's really crazy. It's really hard. The Israeli fascist, as Itamar Ben-Gvir and Smotrich, won in the last election, and they became mainstream. Who doesn't know Itamar Ben-Gvir, I tell you who's Itamar Ben-Gvir. You know Kah movement, Kahana? His organization was announced as a terrorist organization here in the state, by the State Department. That was the movement of Itamar Bingvir. Itamar Bingvir attacked me many times when I was doing non-violence activities. He was 
the main enemy of the Israeli police. 1998, they had they found connection between him and one of the suspect of killing four Palestinians. And the Palestinian who killed seven Israelis, his grandfather was one of the victims of the friend of Itamar Bingfield. Nobody is talking about that. Washington Post talked, wrote about it. If you read Washington Post article, they wrote about it. This is important to, you know, to write to them and tell them, write the real truth. Are we with killing civilians? 100% no. We don't want, and it's not moral, because our cause is a moral cause. Itamar Bingvir is calling to implement the Sharia law. The price tag, a settlement group, Levni, civil Levni, the former Israeli justice minister, 2016 asked Netanyahu to consider them terrorist organization. Netanyahu refused. So that is from the Israelis. Imagine that the Israeli, you know, political leaders, certain types of them are calling Reichstag campaigners as terrorist organization. So he was their lawyer. So they have the, the roots to do violence, to kill Palestinians, as Muhammad Abu Khdair, who was burnt, kidnapped alive, a Palestinian child, as the Wabsha family, who were burnt alive in Naples, and all the attacks all over West Bank. In the last one year and a half, we faced a lot of settler violence. Hundreds of settlers attacking Palestinian homes, Palestinian villages, Palestinian communities. And now the Palestinians, they decided just that they will demolish any Palestinian new house in Area C. If you build a tent, they demolish it. A restroom, they demolish it. Uh, a school, they demolish two schools in the last two months. They are going after everything Palestinian in Area C. Then BBC is complaining why I call them fascists. So this is this kind of Itamar Bingvir. His other, you know, partner is Smotrich. Smotrich is the founder of the richest NGO in Area C for the settlers. It's called Rakavim. Rakavim, their main work and mandate to remove the Palestinian identity in Area C. Area C, you know, the Palestinian land divided A, B, C according to Oslo. 62-63% of the land in West Bank is in that category, which is under the Israeli military control. But the military is controlling the river, from the river to the sea. You're listening to Palestinian activist Isa Amro speaking January 28, 2023 at Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ in Northeast D.C. This is On the Ground. I'm Esther Averam. Stay with us. Oh, <laughs> 
So there are Kavim founder who do a lot of, uh, they do a lot of here, you know, a lot of advocacy in the Congress. Rakavim became the head of the civil administration in the West Bank and the financial minister. This is the new government. This is what, what, what we are facing as Palestinians. So the, the, the space we had as human rights defender is shrinking. The space we had is really doing much and much less than before. But we as Palestinians think that this is the real face of the Israeli occupation. They took off the masks of their intentions. They took off the masks of their propaganda. This is the reality. It was like that from day one. It's not new. But now they allow it to be public. What we can do, we can talk about it. But for me, Aziza, I'm very optimistic. And I have hope. And what I see in Palestine and outside Palestine gives me more hope. A lot of Palestinians are really now more critical of what's, what is go, going around them. I remember 2006, I founded a camera project, cameras, to give out cameras to the Palestinian families, to the Palestinian children, to react to the settler violence and the army violence. So I got six cameras, cameras as donation and I was happy with the cameras it was $1,000 camera, you know, expensive. So I went to the families to give out the cameras. Families said, no, we will not take the camera. We will be a target. It's useless. What are you talking about? The families in the beginning refused to use the video camera to document the human rights violation. In a way or another, I managed to convince many women Many families to use the cameras. This is why you see a lot of videos now. Nowadays, videotaping, documenting the human rights violations became a culture in Palestine. Human rights violations and the Israeli crimes. And it's going on all over. That how the Israeli occupation is not defending the Israelis. This is something very important. So, 2006, people refused to, to take camera. Now everybody almost is using their smart devices and they believe that this the occupation, the military court, the military system, their, their sole purpose, what is the sole purpose of the occupation? To kill our spirit of asking for equality. Everything is to kill our spirit, to believe that we are humans. They want us to say, okay, we are second class. They want the Palestinians to coexist and be familiar with occupation and live as slaves for the Israelis. Because they say, you either a slave or we help you to leave. Now they're publicly saying it. So now Palestinian teenagers, Palestinian women who became very strong in our community now, they are doing an amazing work to protest, to rally, to counter the Israeli violence.
If you go around in Palestine, you feel proud. How many people now, they are very active against the occupation, against the apartheid, against the settlers. They are not pacifists, staying home. We need a leadership to tell them, let's do a non-violence, massive revolution. And many of you here are a little, sometimes hopeless, frustrated. How many French participated in the French Revolution? What was the percentage of the French who participated in the French Revolution, which changed Europe? Steve? A little bit more. Nine percent. We don't want to convince all the Americans. Let's convince 10% who can act firmly against the occupation. Our target, 10%. Because we are not there. If we really manage to convince 10% that their tax money, the American tax money, is going to be sent to Itmitamar Bingfer. It's not big, not Netanyahu. And Smotrich, this is a, big, a, a very important question to the State Department, to Biden's administration, to tell them, your money is used by Smotrich and Bingfer, and you are saying we don't want to deal with them. But the money you send, the $3.8 billion, is in their hands. Is that what you want? So the American people contribute via their taxes to apartheid and occupation in Palestine. So are the Americans neutral? No. You are part of the problem. You are not. You are doing amazing work. You are trying to make a change. But I'm talking in general. Not only that, AP News published a new press article two days, three days ago, they found out there is a charity organization here giving money to Israeli terrorists in jail, among them who assassinated Rabin, Miguel Amir. He gets money from the United States, his family, and many other Israeli Jewish terrorists, they get money from here, direct. So charitable money here being used to support Israeli terrorists. Hebron, let me go back to Hebron, who, you know, to explain the situation in Hebron. Hebron was occupied 1967. The first settlement was established in the city in 1969. We had military camp east of Hebron. Then they gave the camp to the settlers. Became Kiryat Arba settlement where Baruch Goldstein tomb is, and where Itamar Bingver lives now. Then in 79, they occupied the city center of Hebron. So the two only cities where settlers are living, illegally according to the International Law Geneva Convention, Article 49, is Hebron and East Jerusalem. Then 1994, the Ibrahim Mosque massacre, 29 Palestinians were killed, hundreds were injured. They divided the mosque for two parts. They closed the markets, they closed the streets. 
Then 1997, we had H1, H2 agreement, Hebron redeployment agreement. They divided Hebron for two parts, H1 under the Palestinian Authority, which is without any authority, the Palestinian fake authority, okay, to be, you know, to be accurate, okay. And H2, which is under the Israeli military control. Then 2,000 Palestinians discovered that the Israelis don't want peace. They wanted time to expand the settlements and go on with their colonial project in Palestine. So we started a second intifada. Now they are talking about a third intifada. Then the settlers in Hebron gave the Israeli army a demand paper. Close the shops, close the markets, curfew. So the army does what the settlers want. Because the army in West Bank is not to defend the settlers. The army in West Bank is to colonize, confiscate Palestinian land and Palestinian cities and Palestinian communities. So they closed 1,800 shops, which is 77% of the shopping area. Among them, the main street in Hebron is called Shehuda Street, as Times Square it used to be. So crowded, so busy, important. More than 100 1,000 Palestinian apartments became empty, which is 43% is empty. So the Palestinian Nakba and the Palestinian Naksa didn't stop. They continued their work to the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinians. How they do it these days in Hebron, for example, in a micro level, they don't come to your house and evict you like physically. They don't come and take you and throw you. But they make it impossible for you to stay. How they make it impossible for you to stay? You live in an area where you don't feel safe for yourself, you don't feel safe for your family, you don't feel safe for your children because of the settler violence, the settlers, aggression, intimidation, the army house raid, the army vi physical violence, arrest and detention. And breaking the silence, ex-soldiers say about their experience, they call it mabbing. That the soldiers go to Palestinian homes, you know, Google it, you will find mabbing, breaking the silence. They do this kind of mabbing, they call it, you know, why they do it, because they want the presence of the Israeli army to be felt by the Palestinians. So the Palestinians will feel that the army is in their shoulder. So they don't think to ask about equality or they don't think to resist the Israeli occupation. Then, no services. There is no services for the Palestinian families. Plumber, electrician, any craftsperson needs a permit to come to your house. Ambulance needs a permit to come to your house, which means you skip all this kind of service. I don't get any kind of permit. Me, Isa, I don't get permits. Because they give you a permit if you are silent or even if you refuse to be a collaborator, you don't get a permit from the Israeli military system. And something else, no social life. You feel disconnected, you feel alone, you feel in a big jail in that small area in Hebrew. So they force 43% of the Palestinian families in H2 to, to leave. They didn't stop to that. 
We have 22 checkpoints in less than one square kilometer. 22 checkpoints. More than 100 movement barriers. Sometimes, some families, they pass three checkpoints in 300 meters to reach their home. Why two or three layers of, of, of checkpoints? It's about making your life harder and harder so you leave or you don't think to build your future in that area. It's a strategy. They changed the names of the streets from Palestinian Arabic names to Israeli Hebrew names. I was born in Babel Khan. We owned the house. My father just gave me the deeds. He's 80 and he's okay, it's yours. Go defend it. I told him, my father, you gave it to me because it's a military area. You want me to go fight for it. Uh, he told me, yes, you are fighting for everybody. Fight for, on your, for your own family house too. My house where I was born is a closed military zone. I'm not allowed to visit. And I, I see it. I come with the tour. I told them, I was born in that house. Sometimes even they don't allow me to show you my house where I was born. So the neighborhood changed from Babel Khan to Amit Hebron. Openly, like that. And you see the signs. And then as Miko said, Netanyahu became historian. Lying, lying, lying. And nobody's questioning his lies. And BBC is complaining about me saying fascists. Then, outpost, which is illegal even according to the Israeli legal system, all over Hebron. Blue and white signs all over. If you come by your own to Hebron, you don't believe that you are in a Palestinian city. Okay, is that only in Hebron? No. Hebron is a macrosome of the Israeli occupation and apartheid. It's the capital of the apartheid in the world. And I hope that we all here work to organize, build an anti-apartheid movement against the Israeli apartheid and segregation and separation. We need to build it. It's not there yet. And we have the momentum, by the way. Israeli fascist government, human rights, Beit Salem, amnesty, anti-apartheid reports. So let's build it together. Are we able to do it? Yes. Are we ready on the ground to do it? Yes. I can tell you many, many Palestinians are ready to be part of this global campaign against the Israeli apartheid. Think to be proactive. We don't want all the time to be defending or reacting to something. Let's build something, make the occupation costly. A tweet from you makes them makes them feel annoyed. They spend a lot of money in the PR. Israel spent money first in the military, second PR. This is where they spend their money. If they spend that money that, that much in the PR, let's target the PR. Let's expose them. Let's show the world what's going on. Do many people know? No. They don't. I was with the New York Times. I met the editorial board, all of them. When I said non-violence resistance is not allowed, they were shocked. They didn't know. When I said the State Department removed the Kahanists from the terrorist list, they were surprised. How come Itamar Bingvir and Smotrich got that much power? Because the State Department, few months before the election, removed them from the terrorist list. What it means, they got a lot of money from here. 
and they got a lot of money from Israel. Zara company in Israel openly supported Pinkville. Zara. Not only Zara, many other companies and organizations, and they get a lot of support here. And in Hebron, the main charity, it's called Hebron Fund. What is Hebron Fund? It's an American charity. It's registered in New York. Let's work on, you know, to make this kind of organization accountable for supporting apartheid and segregation. What we do to react to that huge amount of violence in the city, we do direct actions, rallies, protests, we do campaigns, we do documentation, we do legal work, we do a lot of women activities, a lot of youth activities, and the women's society, I'm very proud of them in, in the area I work, they're really doing amazing work. The men are a little bit hesitant, the women, they are standing up to make the change. When you visit Hebron, I can introduce you to, to many women Palestinian leaders. But why we don't have that much women in our struggle? Because the Palestinian woman is a target usually. They target her reputation. They destroy the Palestinian women's reputation to make them not be leaders. So this is their weapon. They don't have morals, so they dis distribute a lot of lies about that woman or that woman to make them not lead. Because they know that historically Palestinian women had a huge role on resisting the occupation. And now with our documentation project, for example, the majority of the women who are leading the documentation uh, campaign are women. This is something very important. I don't want to speak more. I want to say that uh, we, we are staying. We are trying to really ha to be active and proactive and expose them. And, you know, we managed to do it so many times. But we can't do what are we doing without your help, without your support, without your protection, without your visibility, without you being here. You are very important to us. To be very honest with you, in the last Gaza war, we want... We won as Palestinians. Really, because of you. Because millions of people all over the world, they showed solidarity with the Palestinians. It's you. you it's your work. You don't, you know, it, it's not, the, you know, sometimes you want a direct result. It's not like that. The indicator is public opinion. Is the public opinion moving in the United States? Yes, it's moving. I managed to meet the New York Times because of you, because of your work. I met Lincoln. Do you think he likes me? He met me because of you, because of your work. I am going to meet the State Department again. I tell them, okay, I have many American friends who are pro the Palestinian cause. That's what makes difference. You coming to Palestine, to Hebron, to see apartheid, asking those figures to come to Palestine and see you are our voice. So, you are doing an amazing work, but sometimes you feel, yeah, but we want to protect that kid, we want to protect Isa, to save his life. It's not about me, it's not about my life. It's about the life and the future of all the Palestinians. And we are part of the cause. And there is no change without a price. There is always a price. And we have an example. Mr. King gave his life 
to make Obama the president of the United States. He, you know, Obama disappointed us. He didn't give us what we want, but at least the civil rights movement managed after 60 years to make Obama the president of the United States. Is that small victory? It's a big victory. Is it a switch that we will win tomorrow? No. We know what to do now. We know what, what, what works and we should be united to do it in the right way. And we have a responsibility as the Palestinians. We have to fight corruption. We have to fight the dictatorship in Palestine. And we have to be really very critical of our leadership who are cooperating with the Israelis and getting benefits and living as an elite for what, you know, and benefiting from the occupation. And we should reform the PLO to include everybody and even include you to be part of our liberation struggle because liberating Palestine means liberating the whole world. This is On the Ground, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. I'm Esther Averam, and we are spending this hour with Palestinian activist Isa Amro, who spoke January 28, 2023, at Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ in Northeast D.C. We'll be right back with him in a minute. global occupation. It's, if you look to, to Israel, without the blind support from the international community all over, they will not continue like that. So it's a global occupation, it's a global apartheid, and we need an, a global anti-apartheid movement led by many of you. Don't feel that it, it must be a Palestinian-led. It must be led by all of us together. We are all a team. Isa has a role. Miko has a role. Each one of you here has a role. This is how we, we, we can make it. And I tell the people, be creative. Don't ask me what to do. I don't tell you. I tell you to be creative and think what makes the occupation costly. If you are an engineer, think as an engineer. If you are an artist, think as an artist. If you are a doctor, Think as a doctor. This is how, how I ask people. If you are a writer, think as a writer. If you are a professor, think as a professor. How to make the occupation costly on the occupiers. And we can all together consult the ideas. How to make the occupation costly and to make fighting the occupation part of our daily routine. I, I work 20 hours a day. Okay? I sleep 4-5 hours. Half of them, or eight hours, seven hours, I do day job, and the rest, I do it for Palestine. 
I don't want you to do that much. But at least think about what to do every day for Palestine. Tweet, uh, report, action, campaign, conversation, discussion for Palestine. Or for your cause, for the cause you love. Or share Palestine to be part of other causes you support. Because I know that many of us support many other causes, you know, and Palestine is one of them. So be progressive for everything, not as the other ones who are progressive for everything except Palestine. Okay? Thank you very much for coming. I'm very proud of you. I want, I want to complain a little bit about Miko. He tells me if Palestinians start talking, they don't stop. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I have many Palestinians on my side here. We're going to conclude today's program with Isa Amro answering a few questions from the audience at Plymouth. Some of the questions are not on microphone, but they included queries about solidarity internationally and with the small number of peace activists inside of Israel, the nature of fighting a fascist regime, and the project that Amro started that gives cameras to Palestinians living under occupation to document Israeli human rights abuses, the destruction of their communities, and war crimes. We started the project uh, 2006 to give out video cameras to Palestinian families. And they refused. They were afraid. They thought that it's useless. And then we managed to give to families who live on uh, the hotspots, we call it, near a checkpoint, near a settlement, where the settlers usually, uh, you know, attack. Uh, and mainly it's uh, the mother in the house and the kids. And not the mother, usually the, the, the female, you know, son, you know, the children who, who stay in the house, don't play uh, all over. And it moved from us distributing cameras to them believing it's the right way to react. So now, everybody is documenting. Everybody, in each house, there is one or two, you will see them using smart devices, cameras, uh, anything they can to document. And then we use it for three main things. Why? Because we are under the military law. Military law means I'm guilty. I need an evidence to tell them I didn't do that. And this is what is happening to me. My last arrest, I gave the police 17 videos. Really. And without the 17 videos, I would not be here. Okay. So it's about an evidence for us to protect ourselves from the military system. Second, social media. You go to TikTok. All Palestinian youth are in TikTok. Male and female. And they document their life under the occupation. So we use it for social media, we use it for mainstream media, and we use it for archiving. One day, we will use all the materials to make the oppressors accountable. Maybe now, we are not able to use the international treaties, the international courts, to make them accountable, but we are very optimistic that maybe in one month, we will make Netanyahu arrested by the International Criminal Court. I'll give you a small example. Berlin Wall, I'm, I, I was not an adult when uh, Berlin Wall fall. Did you expect that Berlin Wall would fall, Miko? Nobody! 
Nobody expected that the Berlin Wall would fall. And I think we are there to make the occupation fall. We are too close because we have a lot of hard work and we are working with passion and we, have, we are working with good intentions and really as much it gets hard as much we are going to the end of this deep, dark life we live under. And when we end the Israeli occupation, we work all together to make equality in Africa. Because it's not only about Palestine, it's about equality and justice for everybody in the whole world. And the occupation is now taking all the attention from everybody in the Middle East to concentrate on, especially the Arab regimes and other regimes uh, there and there. But the main enemy of everybody now is the Israeli occupation who are selling weapons to India, to Kashmir, to Pakistan, to Libya, to everywhere. They have prosperity out of selling weapons. They, they, they experiment and do the simulation of these weapons in Palestine first, on us, in Gaza. This is why every two, three years they try different guns. And in Hebron they just recently installed a remote, uh, uh, electronic, uh, remotely controlled gun. In Shwada Street, recently I, saw, I looked, but it's inhabited uh, checkpoint. Why they need a remote control uh, gun in that area? I asked more and more. I found that it's independent company, security solution company from Tel Aviv is trying that gun in Hebron. Th that, but are we there? We are almost there. We need to make big, big push and the public opinion is with us. And the main indicator for my speech is the last war in Gaza and the Sheikh Jarrah protests for the first time since 48. We had a strike from Haifa to Ramadin to Beersheba. One strike, all together, all the Palestinians strike together and we had the same, the same opinion out of parties. No parties involved, no, nothing, nobody. Civil rights movement together decided a strike and the strike was all over. Are we there? Yes. Our PLO weakness, yes, we need to solve it. We, are, we should admit about it, but as much it gets harder again, we are reaching the end of this. But we are privileged that we are, you know, we are born and we are living on the hardness. And this time, the hard time, and we have the opportunity to fight. It's a big opportunity to fight. It's a big opportunity for us to be human rights defender, to be supporter of the Palestinian cause. It's, it's a privilege. For me, I'm very happy with my life being you know, an activist and doing these things for the people and for everybody around me and not being selfish because we were born not to be selfish. God didn't create us to think about ourselves only. We were created to think about everybody else. This is what, what, what I say all the time. One more question? Okay. It's illegal to do non-violence resistance in Palestine. We do it. This is why I love non-violence resistance. This is why I encourage other Palestinians to do non-violence resistance because they are not able to deal with non-violence resistance as they deal with armed resistance. If I am an armed fighter, they kill me in, in, in two seconds. But a non-violence activist determined to continue to increase the cost of the occupation here in the United States, nobody can stop you or in Palestine. So be strong, we are with you. If you need any help, any support, any guidance, we are ready to do it. And no, it's getting harder, yes.
but it's opportunity for us to really advocate about the real image, the real face. It was there all the time, but now it's floated. It's now without makeup, without any, you know, body trying to show, you know, different, you know, beauty. This is the real face of occupation. This is the real face of apartheid. This is the real face of Israel. It's never been democracy. It's never been equality. It's never been, you know, a, a state for everybody. Even among Jews, there is a big deal about it. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for putting the Palestinian flag. And you are doing an amazing work. Thank you very much. And Palestinian activist Isa Amro will have the last word on today's show. He spoke January 28, 2023 at Plymouth Congregational United Church of Christ in Northeast D.C. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. We're on two dozen stations on the Pacifica Radio Network and on all your podcast platforms at On the Ground with Esther Averam. Our website and archive of all of our shows is onthegroundshow.org. In addition, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and I also link to every show on my Instagram page at Esther underscore Averam. That's I-V like Victor, E-R-E-M like Mary. Special thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com at On The Ground Show. The music we played this hour included Shalala by the Ether Orchestra, Street Fighter Moss by Kamasi Washington, and our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Averam. Until next time, take good care and keep raising your voice. Peace. Ground is a totally listener-sponsored, supported show. 
If you have not already subscribed at Patreon, you can do so for as little as $3 a month or all at once at $33 for the whole year. And I know that the show is worth more than that to you. If you like the show, if you love the show, if you regularly check it out, if you rely on it, if, you know, it's a part of your soundtrack in any kind of way, please support. Go to patreon.com forward slash on the ground show. And I would very much appreciate your support. And it would mean so much to us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash on the ground show. Or you can go to the show website, which you might go to anyway, if you reach the blog that way and you click on the donate now button or the um, support donate button and you can see all ways to give.